This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Quicken Loans, Lumber Liquidators, Tufton Needle, Ream, and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Podcast. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, what are you doing on this weekend? Are you working on your house, your condo, your apartment, maybe hanging some some drapes, putting up a new mirror, sprucing up the bathroom, sprucing up the kitchen? If you got a project on your to-do list, you need some help getting it done, you don't know where to begin, or you're stuck in the middle of it, Give us a call. We'd love to help you out at 888-666-3974. That's 888-MONEYPIT. Or post your question online right now at moneypit.com. Coming up today, if you've ever thought of adding hardwood floors to your home, you might be surprised to know that some hardwoods are, well, not quite as hard as others. We're going to have some tips on how to choose the hardest hardwoods for maximum durability just ahead. And also this hour, is your kitchen giving you a hard time? Well, maybe it's not your cooking skills that are causing issues in the kitchen, but the lighting, you know, the right lighting can make all your dishes turn out great. And that really begins with under cabinet task lighting. We're going to have ideas for you when Kevin O'Connor from This Old House stops by. Plus, could you use a good night's sleep? Man, couldn't we all? You know, buying a new mattress can do just that, but doing that can be a real hassle and a very expensive one. We're going to tell you about a new way to buy a mattress that's got over 60,000 folks raving about the experience and the quality just ahead. All right, but first, let's get to work. We want to hear from you on your home improvement, all your decor projects, whatever you are working on. We are here to lend a hand. Give us a call. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Robin California is on the line with an insulation question. What can we do for you? Well, I've heard about this uh, spray foam insulation, and I've heard about um, from you and, and others that uh, when we're applying insulation in a cathedral ceiling situation, we have to provide for ventilation between the insulation bats in a traditional um fiberglass bat insulation. We have to provide for ventilation between the insulation and the roof sheeting. That's correct. So I'm wondering... Yeah, but not, so, not with spray foam, only with fiberglass. Okay, that's what my question is, is is do I have to build that in on, on somehow with spray foam? Sounds no. like no. No, because it's a different system. So the, the when you, you when you insulate with fiberglass, um, you have an unconditioned attic space, so to speak, okay? When you insulate with spray foam, we now have a conditioned attic space. Difference being that when it's unconditioned, you you have to ventilate it to carry the moisture out. When you spray foam, there's really no, the moisture is really no longer an issue. 
So like in my house, when I go up in my attic, um, my attic is pretty much the same temperature as the rest of the house within a few degrees, even though it's not heated or cooled up there. It's just an old house attic. Right. And it never used to be that way. Like most attics, it was, you know, screaming hot in the summer and freezing cold in the winter. But now it's it's steady. In fact, we've actually started to use it in, in, uh, in new ways. You know, um, when this past uh, holiday season, I was frustrated because the LED strands, even though they were perfect the year before, you know, half of them work and half of them don't you know, when you take it out yep. again. And I spent a lot of time fixing them. And I figured this year I got some new new uh, lighting. I was just going to put it up in the house attic as opposed to the garage attic where it's always cold because I figured the temperature of being stable is less likely to impact. And so that's kind of the way we, another way we used it. But but we think the spray foam for our families worked really well because it's just super comfortable uh, compared to the fiberglass we had before. It's not for everybody, but, you know, I, I, I would highly recommend it. And if I had a, a cathedral ceiling, I would definitely, definitely use it because with a cathedral ceiling, the problem is that you don't have much depth yeah. in the rafter bed, right. right? So you can't you can't put much insulation in there. Plus, you have to leave it sitting back an inch and a half or so for ventilation. So if you use spray foam insulation, you can fill it up, and it's going to have a higher R value per inch than fiberglass anyway. Yeah. So that's, those are some of the reasons I think it's a good idea. You know, we uh, wrote an ebook on it. It's called The Money Pick Guide to Insulation. It talks about all the different insulations and the uh, pros and cons of each. And that's on our website at moneypit.com. If you oh, great. Uh, click under... Uh, the uh, section about listen and watch, there's a there's a section there of books, and uh, you can download or, or read it right there online. Excellent. I will go check that out for sure. I've, I've, it sounds like uh, the spray foam is a much better deal, and, and I didn't realize that you could spray it right on the back of the roof sheeting. It sounds like it seals it up tight, and that sounds wonderful. It does, and that's the other advantage of it because it both air seals and it insulates at the same time. So we used isonine. Uh, I'm very happy to recommend it. It's a great product. Great. Thank you very much. Okay. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Elaine in North Dakota, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I have a, a garage that's set back. The end of the house is about 24 feet, and the garage is set back about half that distance. So in the wintertime, the snow blows down and drops it on there, and it piles up really, really thick. Is there a way I can fix that? Well, since we can't stop the snow from happening, <laughs> um, you're just going to have to get in the process of, of pulling that snow off. I don't know if that's what you're doing now, but uh, if it's if it's sitting up there, you, you know what's going to happen, If it, especially if it starts to get warm and wet, it gets super heavy and, and collapses a risk. Now, the easy way to, to, to deal with that is with a snow rake. Do you happen to own a snow rake? I do, and I've been trying that, but... Uh, if it sits there too long, it gets actually kind of hard, too. Yeah, so. that's right. And that's why you got to get out quick after the snowfall because, you know, every day you wait after that, it gets harder and harder and harder because right. it solidifies, especially when it gets a little warm and then it freezes again. It becomes really difficult to get it down. So, unfortunately, I don't have an easy solution for you there. It sounds like you know what to do. And uh, you're just going to have to uh, try to do the best you can with those circumstances. But I like those snow rakes. You know, they... They come in sections, and they're they're uh, you know sixteen to twenty four feet long, and they're like a big iron rake, but they're pretty light. Right. And if you kind of get it up there and, and then pull it down towards you, uh, it keeps that snow to a, to a minimum amount, which I think is so important. I had a friend that had a, a tragic uh, collapse of a of a barn, and some of his Ooh. livestock were were killed as a result of it because Ouch. of that snow built up in an area like that. And it's just so important to uh, to try to make sure you pull that snow off before it starts to melt and get really heavy because that's when the collapses happen. Is there any 
anything I could put on the shingles maybe to make it slide off a little easier? Nope. No, nothing you can do. <laughs> I mean, metal metal roofs metal roofs hold less snow. They're, slip, they're more slipperier, but you can't do it with the shingles. So I'd have to switch to a metal roof. Yeah, that's a pretty big expense. <laughs> yep, it is. Really big expense. It might, I would I would just uh, spend a little bit of that money and buy warmer clothes and get out there. <laughs> it's snow. All right, Elaine. Well, that's that's what luck. I've been doing. Thank All you. All right, take care. Yeah, bye-bye. You are tuned to the Money Pit. What's your how-to or your decor question? Call in now to 888 Pit, presented by Home Advisor. They make it fast and easy to find top-rated home pros you can trust for any home project. Just ahead, it may be called hardwood, but not all hardwoods are the same. In fact, some can be more than twice as hard as others. We're going to help sort out the difference and help you pick the perfect floor for your next project after this. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Podcast. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call in your home repair or decor question right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, presented by Home Advisor. Hey, now that Valentine's Day is done, why not keep that romance flowing with a potentially romantic home improvement like new bedding by entering the Money Pit's Good Night Sleep Sweepstakes, presented by Tuft & Needle, makers of the most comfortable mattress on the Internet. Yep, there's over $4,000 in prizes, including your choice of a tuft and needle mattress plus pillows and sheets. Enter today at moneypit.com, and you can also earn even more chances to win by visiting Tuft and Needle's website at tn.com slash moneypit or even sharing the sweeps with friends. Enter today at moneypit.com. Tim in Minnesota's on the line has a question about LED lights. What can we do for you? I just replaced my LED lights in my my basement, which I have uh, recessed cans. Okay. Uh, from time to time, I get uh, not all the time, so that uh, you, uh, either you dim them a little bit and they start fluctuating. They going up. Uh, right. Didn't change the dimmer if the dimmer was. I don't know if it was uh, equivalent for for LED lights, but uh, yeah, there is. Um, Lutron is the company that actually invented the dimmer way back in the 60s, and, and they have a product called the CL Dimmer. It's designed specifically for dimmable LEDs and halogens and incandescent. 
and I've got these in my house, and I like them for this reason. They There's a range on these dimmers that you can set. So you can set like the minimum power and the maximum power, and that's important because what happens is if you go down too far, depending on the LED, it will flicker and sort of go out. So you can bring it down and like identify like the bottom in terms of the lowest setting, and then, of course, you can bring it up to the top, and you can set that range. So that you don't have to worry about that flickering happening once you, once you kind of set it, it's done. And you can also put, uh, put a mixed lighting load on it. So if you had a situation where you had some LEDs and also some incandescents and CFLs all on the same dimmer, you know, by having that ability to adjust the range, you can make sure that they all go down as low as they can, but they don't go down too far where they start to flicker. That said, the LED bulbs themselves have to be listed as dimmable. Some are and, and some are not. The ones that are dimmable actually obviously work a lot better. I know, I know those are dimmable because I knew, I knew to ask for that. So then you just need the right, the right kind of dimmer. So you're looking for a Diva CL dimmer by Lutron. They, they, you can find them at the Home Depot. Uh, they're not very expensive, you know, 20, 25 bucks, something like that. So does anything with, with, I also have another issue with the same thing that I, I can go, go turn them on and off and I get shocked by the, the, the screw for the plate. That's a different issue. Yeah, that's a big issue. (laughs) That sounds to me like that you might have driven the screw somewhere um, and and nicked the wire. I would have an electrician uh, fix that for you. That's definitely a problem. I didn't have an issue when I had incandescence, though. Is it because of the house? Nah, I don't think it has to do with the bulbs. Nah, wouldn't believe it. I would get an electrician on that. That sounds dangerous. All right. Hey, listen, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Good luck with that project, and uh, don't do it yourself. Get a pro to help. Bye. Well, it may be called hardwood, but not all hardwoods are the same. In fact, some can be more than twice as hard as others. We're going to sort out the differences in today's flooring tip presented by Lumber Liquidators. Now, first, the hardness of wood flooring is determined by what's known as the Jenka rating. Now, this is a rating that compares the hardness of different species of woods. And it's an important number to know because the higher the Jenka rating, the harder the floor will be, which means it's less likely to wear and dent. Now, red oak is probably the most common hardwood floor in most homes, and that has a Janka rating of 1290, which is pretty much the industry benchmark for comparing the relative hardness of different wood species. Now, with older homes, softer woods like southern yellow pine were very common, but that has a Janka rating of 870, which is about a third less of that red oak. Now, for the highest Janka ratings in flooring, you got to look to the exotics. Solid hardwoods, they top the scales. Hardwoods like Brazilian walnut, kumaru, Brazilian pecan, and Brazilian chestnut, these woods have Janka ratings over 3,000, and that makes them more than twice as hard as red oak. And they're really the most durable selections for a hardwood floor. And that's today's flooring tip presented by Lumber Liquidators, makers of solid hardwood flooring. With over 140 varieties of pre-finished domestic and exotic styles, as well as over 40 domestic unfinished options, Lumber Liquidators is sure to have the perfect solid hardwood flooring choice for your home. You could choose from light or dark hardwoods, smooth or distressed, domestic species like oak and hickory, and exotic species like Brazilian cherry and Brazilian pecan. By visiting Lumber Liquidator stores nationwide or online at lumberliquidators.com. We've got Cindy in Michigan on the line who wants to talk about reducing energy costs. How can we help you? Is there a way to lower your electric bills by generating your own electricity? I've heard of solar panels and windmills and seems like they cost a lot of money to get them 
going, and I'm wondering, is it actually feasible financially to do something like that? Yeah, well, first of all, the most effective way to cut those energy costs, and especially if we're talking about heating and cooling energy, is to improve the energy efficiency of your home. And the single most important way or easiest way to do that is by improving insulation. It's amazing how many people simply don't have enough insulation. In a state like Michigan, you're certainly going to want to have 15 to 20 inches of insulation in your attic. Now, as to your question about generating your own power, there are some programs that are run by state governments and by utility suppliers that include different sorts of rebates uh, and different sorts of, of, of purchase I don't want to say schemes, but sort of plans for getting that equipment to your house. So, for example, uh, in my part of the country, they have uh, offers where you don't actually pay for the initial installation. There, You partner with uh, an energy company that does the installation of solar panels. And then as, the, as it generates energy, you get to keep some of that, and some of that goes back to the utility company, and eventually it pays off the cost of that installation. So I would investigate solar programs in your area and rebates that might be available. Start with the utility companies and go from there, because if there's a favorable program, that's the only way it makes them cost-effective. You are correct in that a lot of these things are very expensive and don't make a lot of economic sense. But if there's rebate money available, either uh, locally, uh, at the state level, or federally, it does make sense. Okay, so you would just call your energy company then? I would start there with your utility company or just simply do some research online for rebates that are available in your area. Okay, Cindy? All right, thank you. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Adrian, Tennessee, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Yes, I have a question about Bermuda seeds. Um, last year, my lawn was destroyed by uh, army worms. And I want to know what was the best way to reseed my lawn using uh, hybrid Bermuda seeds. So your lawn was destroyed by worms? Is that what you said? Yeah, army worms. Oh, oh army worms. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And what did you do to address the infestation? Um, we used pesticides. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you kill the lawn in the process? Um, some of the some of the uh, Bermuda. Uh, what you might want to do is 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 do a roundup restoration. A roundup restoration is where you treat all of the lawn, and actually it's a little bit late now because you would do this in the fall. But you would treat all the entire lawn, which basically kills the lawn and anything that's coming up through it, like the weeds and all of that. And then as that starts to, starts to die off, I think you have to wait like two weeks or so after doing the application. You actually seed right on top of it or seed through it. Okay. The way the process works is the, the new grass grows up through the old grass, and as the old grass kind of deteriorates away, the new grass comes up, but the old grass sort of holds it in place and helps it get going. And if you do it early enough, then you know you have pretty good root depth by the time the warm summer sun starts uh, to arrive. And in terms of selecting that seed, you know, you mentioned a couple of seeds. I'm not quite sure with whether or not either of those work in your part of the country. I might do some more local research on that. But if you've had a disease lawn in the past, that's one way to deal it. Deal with it. We did that to our house many, many years ago. And uh, what we got after the very first uh, spring, it came up and we had a nice green lawn. It was, it was thin. You know, it wasn't really dense because it was the first season, 
But by the time we got to the second and third season, man, I tell you what, it was really thick and beautiful. And I'm very, very happy that we did that because the other option would have been to continually treat, you know, every ailment the lawn had with pesticides. And I was very pleased to just having done done it once and, and not had to do it again. I will say, though, it's kind of shocking though, when your entire lawn turns brown at the same time. Your neighbors kind of wonder what's going on at your house. <laughs> but but it really yeah. did work. So it's called a Roundup Restoration. I might uh, be tempted to give that a try in this particular situation, Adrian. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You know, the kitchen is one of the best places in your home for task lighting, and one place that it's usually lacking in your kitchen is under those cabinets. We're going to have tips to help shine some light on the space you need it most and step up your style next. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Money Pit is presented by Tuft & Needle, makers of the Internet's most comfortable mattress. Want to win a Tuft & Needle mattress, pillows, and sheets worth up to $1,000 for your home? Enter the Money Pit Goodnight Sleep Sweepstakes today at MoneyPit.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Podcast. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, whether you're buying or selling or just enjoying your home, we are here for you every step of the way. You can call in your home improvement or decor question right now to one Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. Cheryl in Wisconsin has a question about heating. How can we help you stay toasty? I have a large area downstairs. It's um. About one-third, it's 11 by 36 feet, and about one-third of that we use for a dining and kitchen area, mainly when we okay. have company. Mm-hmm. And I'm not looking to heat that whole area, just the area where we we eat. And I was wondering if one of those oscillating um, uh, space heaters would be a good idea, one of the taller ones. Well, look, here's the thing. I think your question is about efficiency. And most space heaters are not very efficient. They're only efficient if you're going to do what you're doing, which is that is to isolate the heat to just one very narrow space of the house. But this is a big uh, area. You know, if it's 30-something feet long, it might be hard to do that. It's it's different if it's like one individual bedroom or something of that nature. But I will say that generally speaking, they're more expensive to run than your heating system on a BTU but to, to BTU basis. In other words, comparing the cost to to create a BTU in, in your main heating system versus the space heater. What kind of heat do you have? What kind of fuel do you use? Natural gas. Yeah. Natural gas is always going to be less expensive than electric space heaters. But if you've got an area that's that's 
a little bit chilly, you want to just supplement it on a limited basis, like just when you're using that room for company or dining, I think it's okay. But there's just not very much that there's not very much that's efficient about the use of a space heater. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, right close to the table in the area where we eat. Yeah, but only in those limited circumstances when you're using that area do you want to use the space here, then you'll keep the heat down the rest of the time? Actually, you know, our basement is still cold. When we have company, we really crank up the heat, and the basement is still really cold. You know, we live in Wisconsin. Yeah, so even when the heat's up, it's chilly. Yes. So if you're just using it on a temporary basis to supplement it only when you're down there eating, then I think it's probably okay. But I think your original question is, is it efficient? No, it's just not. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Good luck with that project, Cheryl. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you find that your cakes are tasting salty and your meatloaf is sweet, what you might be lacking is not actually some good cooking skills, but the right lighting in your kitchen. That's right. And the kitchen is one of the best places in your home for task lighting. And one place that's usually lacking that is under kitchen cabinets. Here to talk about that is this old house host, Kevin O'Connor. Kevin, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And it's always amazing how much we do with so little light in the kitchen. (laughs) Isn't it? Have you chopped off any fingers? <laughs> Thankfully not, but I got to tell you, um, it's it's a missing element is that task lighting, and I think a lot of folks don't realize that you really need several types of light in a kitchen for it to be truly efficient. Yeah, I mean, and one great place to add this task lighting is underneath the upper cabinets, undermounted lights that we call them. And think about it, you know, these cabinets go over most of your counter space, which is where you're doing most of your work. You might be working on an island some of the time, but you're also going to be working on those counters that wrap your kitchen. So this is a great place to add lighting. Mm -hmm. And I think a great place to add dimmer switches as well in the kitchen. Well, the dimmer switches really get you two lights in one, right? So when you're doing all of the prep and you're working in the kitchen, it's nice and bright. You Mm -hmm. can see what you're doing. You save a couple fingers. Uh, But then when you're (laughs) serving dinner and you're having a cocktail afterwards, you can turn them down the dim, and it just is a good mood lighting for the kitchen. Or sneaking in for that late night snack. Or sneaking in for the ice cream. (laughs) Now, what kinds of fixtures do we have to choose from here? Are they all pretty much the same, or are there a lot of options as always? Well, no, there's a lot of options that are out there. And for me, there's three different kinds. You've got the fluorescence, you've got the uh, halogen xenon bulbs, or you've got LEDs. And they all have different um, qualities. Now, the fluorescence, they burn a little cooler, um, and they use less electricity. And one nice thing about them is that there's not a lot of heat thrown off of them. Um, so if you put them underneath the cabinet and the peanut butter's up above, the peanut butter's not all soupy uh, you know, when you open <laughs> up um, in the morning. But they do produce a particular color light that some people don't like. Um, and I think that's why some folks go for either the halogen or the xenon bulbs, which is the second option. And they emit a very bright white light. Um, Halogen is the brightest. Xenon burns a little cooler, but lasts a little longer. Um, And when you put those in, you just have to know that you need a transformer generally to step down the voltage. Now, of all the types of lighting that's out there, the newest and what I think is probably my favorite is LED. Yeah, LED is out there. We know these is super efficient. They're also cool to the touch, so your peanut butter doesn't become soupy. Um, And while they were new just a few years ago. These days, there are a lot of different options out there, whether it's a continuous ribbon that you stick to the bottom, whether it's a traditional fixture that you mount to the bottom of these cabinets. Uh, The choices for LED lights are growing with every passing year, and they're a great option. And you know, there's a lot of kits that are out there today with kitchen cabinet lighting, so you don't necessarily need an electrician for this project. You don't. I mean, believe it or not, you can actually just plug some of these things right into an existing outlet, Um, uh, but if you don't want to do that, if you want sort of a cleaner look. You can actually wire them yourselves. Um, They're pretty easy to do. They often come in these small little strips that you mount and wire, and you're good to go. 
Good advice. Kevin O'Connor, the host of TV's This Old House. This is a great project and one that you're really going to enjoy for many years to come. Thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks for having me. All right. You can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For your local listings and a lot of great step-by-step videos on home improvement projects that you can do, visit thisoldhouse.com. And Ask This Old House is brought to you on PBS by Caseta by Lutron. Just ahead, can you use a good night's sleep? You know, buying a new mattress can do just that, but doing so can be a real hassle. We're going to tell you about a new way to buy a mattress that's got 60,000 folks raving about the experience and the quality just ahead. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to help you with your home improvement project, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Jack in Nebraska is on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you? I want to put a new uh, floor in my basement. And I uh, understand. Somebody has told me that uh, some of these new uh, engineered wood products that like to snap together floors, uh, they said that uh, some of those are okay to, for basement application now. Is there any truth to that? It's absolutely true. Now, just keep in mind that when it comes to wood flooring, there's pre-finished wood flooring, which is solid, and that's not rated for a basement. And then there's pre-finished wood flooring, which is engineered. Now, engineered flooring is essentially made up of many layers of wood. It's a bit like plywood in that you have different layers glued together at opposing angles, except with the engineered wood flooring, the top layer is hardwood, 
and it looks just like solid hardwood. In fact, once it's down, you really can't tell the difference. And because it's made of different layers that are glued together at opposing angles, it's dimensionally stable, and it can be exposed to moisture or humidity like you have in the basement without uh, swelling and, and cracking and splitting. And so, yes, engineered wood flooring is a perfect choice for a basement. And if you want another option, you could look at laminate floor, also uh, modular in the sense that it locks together. And laminate flooring comes in many, many, many different types of uh, sizes and shapes and colors. In fact, um, I saw some reclaimed lumber-looking laminate floor recently at a big trade show that was just spectacular. I mean, it really looked like the original wood floor. So lots of options there for basement flooring. Just don't go with solid. Okay. Well, you answered my question. Thank you very much. Well, if you've ever shopped for a mattress by going from store to store where high-pressure salespeople try and get you to test the product by lying down for a minute or two and telling you all about that mattress, and you know that mattress has been laid on by a lot of people before you. I mean, how gross is that? (laughs) I bet you'd prefer that there was a better way out there. And you know what, guys? There is, and it's a company called Tuft & Needle, and they've really revolutionized the way folks buy bedding. Yeah, they definitely have. Tuft & Needle makes high-quality foam mattresses at an honest price, and they give you 100 days to use it in your home. And if you don't like it, there's a complete hassle-free return process, so you can make sure it's absolutely right for you. They have totally reinvented the way we used to buy mattresses, and I love this fact. They've got over 60,000 reviews on their website right there. You can go there right now and read them if you got hours of free time from all the sources that you would expect to find reviews, you know, Google and so on. They're right there at the TN website, and you can see for yourself why this company has really done an amazing thing for the mattress industry. Now, what's different here is the Tuft & Needle mattress is made from an open-cell foam that's infused with graphite and a cooling gel, and that makes sure that you don't overheat while you're sleeping. They've even invented their own Tuft & Needle adaptive foam to provide the ideal combination of support and pressure relief that constantly adjusts to you. Take a look at their website at tn.com slash money pip. The mattress ships quickly right to your front door, and it's actually compressed. It's kind of cool. It's like vacuum-sealed in a box. That's about the size of one of those miniature refrigerators, and it's perfect for people that are remodeling or moving or just have a busy schedule. You take it to your room, you open up the box, you release the air into the mattress, and, man, it just swells up before your eyes into a beautiful mattress any size you want. We've got a twin and a queen uh, in our house, and we absolutely love it. Yeah, and you know what else is really cool? I mean, you get a hassle-free shopping experience, but you get a 10-year warranty. And then on top of it all is Tuft & Needle offers a 100-night sleep trial with a full refund. So try it out. Lay on it in your own home. No one else has laid on it before you. And if you do decide to return that mattress for any reason, Tuft & Needle is going to work with you to donate that returned mattress to those in need, which really is another amazing reason that this company is so well-respected. And the best part is the price. You can pick up a brand-new queen-size mattress for only 575 bucks, and shipping is free. Check it out. Tuft the Needle today at tn.com slash money pit. That's tn.com slash money pit. Dot, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Oh, a couple of years ago, we had a uh, driveway put in. Um, we have a um, house with an attached garage, and they had... Um, Oh, graded the driveway, they said, properly so the water would drain away from the house and into the lawn. And um, we get standing water in our driveway still. And I was just wondering, 
the steps to the proper steps to um, put a trench in our driveway and possibly a drain. Okay, so it would seem to me that if you're talking about water that's, that's collecting on the driveway itself or on the side of the driveway, there's a distinction. In the driveway and also close to um, the house and where the driveway meets. And then there's there's an attached garage there also. If we were to stop the water from collecting on the side of the driveway, would the top of the driveway still be flooded? I think so. Apparently they graded it. All right, because it's easier to put in a curtain drain along the side of the driveway than it is to slice the driveway and insert a drain. Because if you want to try to drain what's on the driveway, essentially you have to cut a slice into the driveway. It's not something that you could do. It requires specialized tools. And then a a drain is inserted and it's kind of like a very narrow grate, almost like a box. It's dropped into the driveway. The driveway is grated to the top of it so that the water can sort of roll in and then fill up the drain and then run out. If, in fact, that this water is collecting along the side of the driveway, it would be easier from a do-it-yourself perspective to add in a curtain drain. The way that works is you would dig a, a trench that was maybe a foot wide, uh, maybe a foot deep. You'd put some stone on the bottom of that. And then you'd put a perforated PVC pipe. You continue to fill that up with stone all around it. You'd add some filter cloth over that, and then you would regrade, and you would be it would be completely invisible when it's done. And of course, it has to be pitched properly and discharged properly as well. So the curtain drain on the side of the driveway is easier than sort of the trench drain where you have to cut the driveway. I would tend to say do the curtain drain first and see how it goes. Dot, I hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Stick around because we've got a lot more great home improvement advice to share with you when we come back. Making good homes better, this is The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your how-to or decor dilemma question at 888-MONEYPIT. Post it online at moneypit.com's community page, just like our first visitor to the community page who has the name Beast Mode. That's his username, Beast Mode. I'm guessing uh, CrossFit Junkie? Uh, either CrossFit Junkie or somebody who just like really attacks home improvement projects. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. All right. So Beast Mode says, and i got to say it like Beast Mode, right? I'm getting ready to have a contractor repair and replace the gutters and damaged fascia on my home. He gave me two options. The first option entails repairing, replacing, and repainting the fascia and soffit, while the second option requires wrapping fascia in metal and the soffit in vinyl. I also worry that if the trim is wrapped, water could get behind it and rot it out. Yeah, not not an issue. The best way to um, make that trim and that soffit maintenance-free is to go ahead and have it wrapped. This is pretty typical when you have an older house and the original uh, wood material behind the gutters was uh, was pine. And sometimes over the years, those gutters will, will back up, they get loose, water gets behind it, and then the fascia rots out. And if you do it right, they're going to flash it up underneath the roof shingles. So you're not going to have leaks that get behind there. In terms of the soffit, I'm going to assume that your house is probably in that era where you had solid wood soffits. You want to make sure they take those down before putting up the vinyl soffits. And here's why. Because the vinyl soffits are perforated, or should be at least, and this way air gets into them and it speeds up the the ventilation that's going on in the attic. So I definitely think that wrapped soffits and 
fascia is a really good thing. It will cut back on a lot of maintenance going forward, and I don't see any really any downside if it's done right. All right, next up, the post we've got here is written by Zubarski, who writes, I bought a house that was built in 1958. The house has three-prong outlets and GFCIs near all the water. What is the recommendation for grounding the whole house? Would it make sense to put GFCI protection on all outlets in every room? I've also heard of GFCI breakers that can be installed into the main panel. What do you recommend? You're confusing grounding and ground fault protection. So your electrical panel should be grounded. And even back in the 50s and the 60s, those panels were typically grounded to the main water pipe. There's going to be a lead that goes uh, from the main electrical panel to the main water pipe, and that's where you pick up the ground. Now, the ground fault is different. That protects uh, users of the electrical system from getting a shock because of a diversion of current to ground, and that's why it's put in water locations like bathrooms and outsides and garages. You certainly can add those to any outlets that you uh, would like to have them at, but they're not necessarily have to be added to every single outlet in the house, nor do you have to replace all your breakers with ground fault. Sure, there's an option for a ground fault breaker that would protect the whole circuit, but in your house, in that age, I'd probably put them in the bathrooms and the kitchens and outside in the garage, and I would just make sure that everything else was grounded as it normally would. Um, this is not the kind of thing you should be doing yourself, by the way. It's the kind of thing that takes some practice, some time, some expertise, so I would hire a pro to get it done. All right, David in North Carolina writes, I purchased my home two years ago, had the inspection, everything's fine, but the walls are cracking and the nails are popping out of the drywall. What do I do? Yeah, it might, you might think the house is falling apart, but it's not. That's pretty much normal wear and tear for any house that was covered with drywall. The nails will expand, they'll pop out. You want to put a second nail on top of the first one that's getting loose or take it out completely and replace it with a screw. As far as those cracks are concerned, make sure you put some drywall tape on top of them and then spackle over it, prime and paint, and you'll be good to go. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We are always looking to help you with your questions. So if you didn't get through, please go to the Money Pit's website at moneypit.com. Click on the community page. Post your question right there. We'd love to get you an answer as quickly as we possibly can. But until then, remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.